0: The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for Discovering Trek listeners. Fansets, our pins have character!
1: Hello, Discovering Trek listeners. Sarah and Casey here, and this is Discovering Trek Enterprise. Welcome to the First Frontier. We two reckless stowaways are sneaking into the commissary to break down yet another episode of Enterprise. This is the first full series watch through for Sarah, and it's a rewatch for me. Today, it's episode eight, Breaking the Ice. This episode originally showed up on the airwaves or on your cable box 20 years ago on November 7th, 2001. So... If you haven't watched it, I'm I'm really not sure what to tell you right now. You've had a lot of time to do so. And guess what? You still have time to do so before listening to us give our assessment of this episode. So put us on pause, go fire up Paramount Plus or Amazon Prime or Blu-rays or DVDs and watch episode eight. Then come on back here, listen to us, throw away any rose tinted glasses we might have had about breaking the ice. So let's get to it. We hope you enjoyed our non-warning spoiler warning.
0: Before we get into get into discussing breaking the ice we want to say that we like to hear from our listeners about their thoughts on everything enterprise so how can they get in touch with us for their thoughts on this first season of star trek enterprise
1: well i'm so glad you spontaneously asked me that <laughs> if you dear listener are looking to communicate with us there's a bunch of ways you can do that Of course, you can go to trekgeeks.com slash contact and find a variety of ways to get us your thoughts. Heck, Twitter, Facebook. All you have to do is search for Discovering Trek. Heck, if you want to send a raven, go for it. Whatever floats your boat. We welcome all your comments and questions. You can also leave us a voicemail message by visiting our website at trekgeeks.com and click on the big blue button. Remember, though... That any comments you leave, we might use in a future episode of Discovering Track Enterprise.
0: All right. We have to discuss pie and mm-hmm. slices of pie for this episode, Breaking the Ice. I'm personally going to go with pizza pie because I'm in more of a savory than sweet Ooh, mood today. And I'm okay. thinking like, Two or three types of cheese, like big chunks of like nice pepperonis, bacon. Oh, wow. Let's do it. I'm ready for it. You know how many slices I'm going to have based on this episode? Four and a half. (laughs) What? Four and a half slices. I give it that many. And here is the breakdown. I give it one slice for the T'Pol plot. One slice for the kids' questions. One slice for Tripp's character development one slice for the final decision of the episode and how it went and half because there was a pecan pie in it. So Maybe. if it was Porthos, it would have been a solid five. Solid five. If
1: Porthos. Okay. Four. Man, that's, I think that's one of our highest ratings so mm. far of season one. Well, I, I'm, I'm close behind you there, my friend. I, I gave four slices. Four. Um, I did very much enjoy this episode. It seemed much more of an ensemble story. We we got people actually doing things instead yeah. of just being background actors, basically, uh, and some character growth for yeah, a, f- a few people. Mm-hmm. So so that was fun. Right on. Oh, gosh, we go from pie to the wonderful, always ever present lyrical masterpieces that we present to you all because we boxed ourselves into a corner.
0: <laughs> I'm going to rhyme now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It took, I don't want to, I don't want to brag or toot my own horn, but it took me like 10 minutes to write my rhyme for Are you civilization. Serious? It doesn't oh take God. me very long. Oh my God, while, I'm, this, oh. while I'm watching, I write notes and then I look for rhyming words and then I do it.
1: Oh, this took me like four days. I I fret over it. I am so bad. I was like, oh God. All
0: right. Well then but, you do your own thing and I'll continue to rhyme.
1: Oh you no. You have to I'll, be able to I'll,
0: enjoy it.
1: I I enjoy forcing myself to live up to the promise, but season two, we're not doing rhyming. It's it we're gonna do something else. Maybe mime. Oh <gasps> that would be awesome. Are we on gonna a podcast. be on YouTube then? <laughs> <laughs> no, just mime the whole podcast. That just would be silence.
0: <laughs> White right. noise.
1: Oh, here we go. You got this. Oh, thank you. <sighs> we start episode eight with kids' artwork and a comet to see. There is a lot of story here. Plot points, A, B, and C. The Vulcans again seem like annoying looky lose while Malcolm and Travis actually have something adventurous to do. The boys fly onto the comet to work on the surface, giving these characters some actual purpose. Tapal seems troubled by a message in which we don't know what is said, while Trip thinks ending a rough day with sugar is the best play before bed. Archer is rankled that the Vulcans seem to always be around. After whining, he thinks, maybe a dinner to find common ground? A comet to drill into for a rare mineral and ship's glory. While to Paul receives a secret message, but remember, there's more to that story. Mm-hmm. The message is a personal one that she chooses not to share, but the communiqué is found and kinda and kinda not handled with care. School kids have a lot of questions and want all the scoop. Poor old Trip gets saddled with an inquiry about space poop. <laughs> <laughs> After a Hoshi translation and an apology from Trip. Events build up to a meaningful chat. Tapal has a quandary and must decide between her goals or a marriage to that. The dinner with the Vulcan captain is pretty much a bust. Archer's patience showing absolutely no rust. In the meantime, Travis and Malcolm play blow it up and build a snowman. While an altered orbit increases the temperature, ruining their plan. The shuttle pod drops down the thinned ice with a thud and a crash. Archer tries the grappler, but the lock is pure trash. Captain Vanek offers help to save the shuttle pod too. The bridge officers lead Archer to a choice they all know he should do. T'Pol puts herself first, confident in her decision why, and we end this episode with a figurative and literal slice of delicious pie.
0: Mmm! fantastic well
1: well that was a big you. one
0: you like I, that was everything was in there
1: that was great. <laughs> i was like i'm i'm thrown in the kitchen sink people do it
0: Woo! another one bites the dust you did it yep
1: well you know what's uh about this i mean let's let's just dive right into transporter thoughts of yeah. of this episode um I'll start us off with the little thing here. I thought there was was a very nice mix of the three plot points going on. Yeah. You know, it was something where, I mean, really, after we've come out of, especially for me, DS9, where, you know, a real ensemble going on, that, okay, most everybody here had, had stuff to do and uh, little highlights mm-hmm. in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question for you here mm-hmm. with, with the Vulcans always being around as of late and, you know, Archer brings it up like, Hey, a few weeks ago they were here yeah. too. Do you think the Vulcans were around to be the intermediary for Paul and Koss and that whole marriage deal?
0: I think there's a combination of, A few things. I think they're spying on them because they're just kind of nervous about humans in general being out there, which to me says they don't really have a lot of trust for T'Pol and her ability to handle and maybe rein in the humans that are out there on their first spaceship. But I think they're also just kind of busybodies and maybe they got nothing better to do. And this is actually kind of fun for them to watch because they won't admit it, but let's come on. Like, The humans are pretty fun to watch. And I think they're kind of getting a (laughs) kick out of seeing what's going on and snooping. I think that's the thing. I think there's more to these Vulcans than they're trying to, you know, things have been quiet for a while. And then we show up and they're like, oh, I can't not, I can't not look at this. This is, (laughs) this is a hot mess. Let's follow (laughs) them. Let's see that. But I I think the arrangement plays a part into it for sure. I think that maybe they're starting to feel as though they're losing to
1: Paul. A little bit maybe. Oh
0: okay. That could that
1: makes sense. I can I can understand that. Because I kept wondering also I go, well, this could be a nice excuse for the Mm -hmm. Vulcans being around of like, hey, there's you know, if it ever comes out, there's this personal matter for one of our own and we were just, you know, doing what we need to do for that person and or our our society, not that we just don't trust y'all at all
0: but no uh, yeah it's hard I think they're so I think that this episode and a few of them recently have played up so much that tradition and that lifestyle that <clears throat> excuse me that the Vulcans don't want to lose it and they're worried that too much interaction with humans is going to have the effect that it's having on Paul. that they're going to start blending together and I don't think they want that but that's just my opinion
1: Oh, well, I got you I hear you I hear you Uh, What are your feelings about open flames on a spaceship?
0: (laughs) I don't see a problem with it. I can't imagine they're using a lot of flame retardant (laughs) material, like a lot of like easily flammable material. They probably have a great system in place for any fires. I mean, engineering is a fire waiting to happen all the time. And the cook, you know. like
1: That's what I wonder because I go, what happens if, you know, the gravity you know, poops out again. Like when Archer was taking his manly shower and then you have flame just floating everywhere.
0: See, I treat gravity and the movement from like shock waves and stuff to not exist. Just like the, just like the communication stuff that's going on with Hoshi. (laughs) Choose not to, I I, I don't, you know, they should have lakes and pools everywhere because in my mind, there's never going to be an issue where that water is going to splash around. I just won't acknowledge it.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, that's good to know. Oh my gosh. Then We've seen
0: candles like... before, haven't we, with Tuvok and stuff? I mean, surely there's been candles I'm... in one of those episodes where they try to make Troy a sex pot of some type. or <laughs>
1: I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, I've kind of blocked all the. That's Severely's candle.
0: Too. That was a boyfriend ghost. She brought that bad boy on the ship.
1: Well, I mean, come on. <laughs>
0: that's a that's yeah that's another whole road to go down It was like man let's hot, down that road hot, Casey. Hot
1: for different reasons
0: <laughs> oh i want to go down that road right now no <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're gonna take this to a left turn on the episode and we're gonna talk about <laughs> Zoborosa. <laughs> Zoborosa. Uh, part three hey well on that what
1: i i thought this would be the way to go archer seemed so uh absolutely uncomfortable reading a or recording a message for school kids that, you know, could edit and do whatever they want. I think they just should have had Dr. flux do the entire thing. <laughs> no way. Yes. No. Seven, seven hours bore those children to death about going into this <laughs> place because he was ready to just go on and, on and on
0: and on. I loved that scene. That made me think of Captain Picard day and, um, rascals and some of those kind of scenes that you've seen in other Trek. Um, it was one of the things that made me l- like this episode. It was just a funny, cute thing that would be a realistic thing that you'd see happen with kids being so excited about the first big uh, trip out into space and drawings. And yeah, I mean, I think, I think this is probably my most favorite episode yet that I've watched of Enterprise.
1: I hear you. I hear you. Then I, then I wondered how did, how did the drawings get to Enterprise? They faxed them. Okay, see, thank you. Boom. Uh,
0: they still have paper. Uh,
1: Question, right? Thunder <laughs> Mifflin is still going. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That and I also like that we're seeing the building of a relationship with uh T'Pol and trip. Oh yeah. You know, um
0: Bow, I want that. I want that relationship. I'm shipping it. <laughs> there, there, there. You go.
1: I, I like on because I can relate on certain things. Where, where Trip just seemed like you're, you asking me, like yeah. I don't, I don't know a damn thing about yeah. anything. So I was like, okay, that, that definitely humanized the whole episode. I thought as well. So yeah, this, this episode being, you know, very. Human very much of a just I, I really thought it was something where you could just see things in almost every person of hey th- this is we get something to do here yeah and and be involved and if there were more of these type of a b c plots um instead of tr- them trying to recreate the the big three mm-hmm. thing, I was like this works. This really works. This is fun. Let's let's keep going on with that. Totally. You know what else works? What's you, that? you. When you're talking fan sets, there, Missy. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Is that what is that what we're doing now? You want to do I that? Think, I think so. Huh? Eh, forget about it. All right. <laughs> here, here we go. I get no respect. All right. Discovering Trek listeners, we want to thank our friends over at FanSets for being the exclusive sponsor on Discovering Trek. The Fanset's crew are always working to put out the best product available and continue to surprise us with new designs and product releases. There are more great new products out right now. There's, of course, the TOS character and ship pins, pins from all the series, including the super cool Delta pins, Picard episode pins, and, of course, some amazing non-Trek items like DC Comics, Scooby-Doo, Batman 66, and Wonder Woman 84. There are tons of pins and accessories for you at fansets.com. So right after listening to us, go to fansets.com. I repeat, go to fansets.com. Scroll along all the amazing pins offered and then load up your cart and enter the special code word "Discovering Trek" in all caps with no spaces at checkout for an amazing 10% off your entire order. And don't forget, if you are in the US and spend more than $30, you will also get free shipping. Woohoo! Fan sets.
1: Our pins have character, and gosh, golly, we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Boom, people! Microphone drop. That was a wonderful reading. Way to go! I think next time I'll add like seven more paragraphs for you.
0: Thank you. I had to close it and scroll, it and then I got lost in my thing because it's just a lot of big script. <laughs> big script. Big, big script. script. Didn't have enough time in my trailer to memorize my script. So I need my cue cards.
1: Uh, I'm sorry. We will, we will try and make your call time to set later.
0: Mm, thank you. And,
1: and make sure that your raspberries basket. are
0: chilled. Yep. Yes. Basket mm-hmm. of wine is ready. And-
1: oh, we, I was going to bring tea. you a few carafes, but if mm. you want a basket of wine, we can do that. My you know tea, list? Lady
0: gray hot.
1: Ah, did you get that from chef? Mhm. So, chef special of the day is Lady Grey hot yes. tea. Mmm.
0: Little coconut milk, uh, or I'm uh, sorry, almond milk, and uh, yeah, it's good. There you go.
1: Awesome. Well, since we are hanging around in the commissary, a uh, little chef special of the day here. We, you know, since since we have a full crew in this series, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, let's let's use them. More than just, you know, moving mannequins, background type stuff. Um, the, 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 one, the one thing that ticked me off in this episode, uh, Hoshi dismissed again. Who's that? I mean, Hoshi basically says while talking to the little kids that um, she's the backup to the tra- in translator in case yeah. the computer doesn't work. And it's like, yeah. isn't, isn't she the one? Inputting all this information, creating it, deciphering, and everything. And it's... Nope. (laughs) Yeah. I was baffled on that one. I was like, no, she's in charge. She is your communications officer. She's the one who
0: can get you out of a lot of trouble. I have a really dumb question. Who on the ship is kind of security? Is there security?
1: I think that's all Malcolm Reed's kind of gig so that he's like, okay, I'll, I'll get you torpedoes and all this kind of stuff. And then maybe he's also in charge of,
0: I just feel like there's so much room for, for Hoshi to be doing something else like this. We need to add yeah. some more things onto our job duties because th- this is just embarrassing.
1: Yeah, that's true. I, Yeah she could do a lot of stuff if they're just traveling along at times. And unless there's where we're not seeing it and they're not making any references, like on these other times where she is the one who's updating the universal translator Mm -hmm. and, and sending this stuff like back to Starfleet
0: Mm -hmm.
1: where you can see that, you know, Oh, she's making progress for everyone. Mm -hmm. And um, even a little, Response or something of, you know, like, hey, we've sent these back to Starfleet and also, you know, do the, do the Vulcans want them? Mm-hmm. That would be kind of nice. Um, and as I kind of talked a little bit about earlier, um, the them trying to mimic the big three, Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and doing that here with, you know, Archer and T'Pol. Trip it to Paul? Yeah, um i i don't know, I kind of think
0: i mean what do you think on that? I'd like to trade Archer for flocks for the top three if you don't mind i just don't i don't <laughs> yeah, I'm not loving Archer yet I'm really not I'm struggling with him as a captain, I'm struggling with his character, his attitude, I get it, and it fits the story. i just I really enjoy Paul and Trip a lot more. And um I've been enjoying Flocks and I and Malcolm and Travis. I I still feel like I need to see more of them to really get like a strong opinion. But mm-hmm. Archer is I feel like every episode so far it's been the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's been the I'm complaining about this and complaining about that. And when is it gonna get exciting? And we're supposed to do this. Like he's only had a few moments where he's really impressed me and so i just i hope that he builds up stronger so that if we're going to do these continual top threes we're going to really enjoy it and we're really going to feed off of it
1: i hear you i i think this is where the writing let down scott bacula mm. in in this whole thing because mm. you know i've seen him in plenty of other stuff and he's a very good actor and Uh, I brought this up before. There is a likability and a sincerity and a kind of a charm that he has in, in Mm -hmm. other roles that you go, I I like this guy. And I like this guy portraying this, but this one's it's, it's tough because it's almost like we're getting hammered over the head with, Hey, he's going to change later, but we gotta make sure that, you know, right now, he's kind of a jerk.
0: Well, and it's funny because the more that I've been, paying attention to enterprise and the more i've heard a bit about what it was like on the set everyone has said that scott bacula was just the best person to be around and he really brought everyone together as a family so why couldn't we had captain scott bacula get rid of this archer character and let scott be himself that would have been a fantastic i would be i'd be crushing on that character now because you know it's it's yeah, I just—it's that kind of Archer's the kind of dude that if I had to work with him, I'd be like, oh god, here we go. This guy, like, he thinks he knows everything. He's gonna um, mansplain it all to me. Like, he won't take a hot minute to think things out. Like, it's just a an arrogant type of mannerism that I just mm-hmm. find kind of unattractive. And like I said, he's had moments yeah. where he's yeah. really Sean, but yeah, it's it's unfortunate that this is where he's at right now. And it's yeah, and but that- it's early. It's early, but I kind of, I agree with you on that because also even though
1: when it's early, if one of your main characters is uh, hard to like or hard to root for or something, it's like that, mm-hmm. it almost seems like you're making things a little bit harder for yourself in the long run
0: mm-hmm. and that. um Yeah, you almost want to make him like a really bad guy because then you love to hate. Yeah. I mean,
1: he's s- he's in somehow. the middle. So it's he's like, in, hmm. And you know, and in this episode, which I enjoyed, I mean, at least on certain things, you know, all the bridge crew is like, get the help from the Vulcans. Mm-hmm. It's like the grappler's not working. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and he gets it, but it takes, you know, when it takes yeah. three or four of hey, you know what? There is a better idea here, and you see character growth of Tapal. -hmm. But like, hey, you
0: humans, you have a choice. She is such a good character. And I did not like her in the first episode. And I and I recalled from the first time I watched the series, I was not a fan of T'Pol because I've never had a huge love for the Vulcan characters. Like, I have nothing against them. I just never really connected with that type of species for some reason. And so I love her character, and I'm so excited for every scene that I get to watch with her, which is, I love that. I'm so excited for that. But yeah, I was just kind of giggling Put to on. myself cause I'm thinking about how they, how they could have made Archer like really bad. It would have been great <laughs> if they had gone the route of like, did you ever see that show house?
1: Yes. Oh. <laughs> Dr.
0: House as the captain, like if they made Archer just that like disgruntled and like scarred up and angry, that would have been funny. I would have loved that. <laughs> that would have been pretty hysterical. It oh, would have been man. like the character from lower Lower decks, the um shacks, like <laughs> one oh. of those kind of like surly like hey. eye patch wearing
1: <laughs> go for it if you're gonna go, go strong,
0: maybe I'm gonna write my own script, I'm gonna create my own band Ooh. of misfits,
1: some fan fiction coming from Sarah any decade yeah. now what did you What did you think about this like after Archer kind of lays into read? Uh, the uh, no, the comet the of, oh. hey, you know we're we're being observed. You know who's building a snowman, but but after that, there's you know seen after that. Reed adds Vulcan ears to the snowman, and it's kind of a little. I mean, it wasn't an fu for sure, but it was kind of you like dig? yeah, hey, I know we're being watched. Um, I'm doing it anyway.
0: <laughs> no harm <laughs> like,
1: done, right? And I was like, we're getting little bits of growth here. I mean, I haven't heard Malcolm or Travis speak this much in a long
0: time. Archer's crew and himself have done so much worse than build a snowman. He needs to unclench already and just (laughs) 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 relax. Right? Like, just take a breath, dude. It's a snowman. (laughs) <laughs> that's the most harmless thing that's happened with your crew. Like it's cute. Even the Vulcans would be like, oh eh, well, it could have been worse. Could <laughs> they have blown something up again or I hear yeah. Yeah. Anyway.
1: And, and I, I've gotta say in this one, um very glad that you know, for to Paul mm. that the decision of of uh taking herself first instead of whatever the culture says. To do and be pressured in. Um and you know, opening up to trip of like and, and being honest with like I don't want everybody to know about what's going on mm-hmm. in my life. But you know, and then since you kind of know already h- here yeah. it is. Since you know you definitely and I mean <laughs> he he cheated the things the best out of I thought everyone of a very personal delicate situation of where it's like, Hey, I'm really sorry.
0: Well, and you know, I just thought of this right now, but one thing that I thought really stood out in this episode was you see just how much trip gets her compared to Archer. Cause yeah. Archer made that comment to trip being like, Oh, make sure she doesn't like beat you up or whatever. Like, she would never do that. She's, she's a Vulcan. She's going to withhold her. She would never physically lash out. So even maybe if he was joking, it's still like, you don't get her at all. Archer, like trip way more understands her, which I think Mm -hmm. kind of is telling of that openness too.
1: I hear you. And I, I think that's another, this, this is, I part for me, which is really hard with this first season is we go back to the writing. Where yeah. it's like, I mean, they, they're riding Trip Gettner, and they're riding Archer knot. And there's this weird thing where, you know, are, there's still kind of these casual, he's the captain, there's certain little casual things like, Hey, maybe you want to look here. I mean, at the beginning of the episode, he sounds like a co-pilot on Southwest Airlines, go, Yeah, hey, if you look at the right side of the plane, you'll see the Grand Canyon. Yeah. And I was like, Okay. Um, and then they're they're writing stuff with trip and to paul there and it's like that's good stuff (laughs) and that's all right
0: as somebody who's never seen season two i'm fully anticipating uh, captain trip that's what i want (laughs) oh all right (laughs) that'd be nice
1: well all right say anything
0: okay fair enough so that does it on our coverage on episode eight breaking the ice. We will be back next time chatting about episode nine civilization, as we continue to celebrate the 20th anniversary year of enterprise until then remember that you can subscribe to discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, or by heading to discoveringtrek.com. where can all our fantastic listeners find us on social media, Casey.
1: Well, you can find us on Twitter's and every now and again, go to Facebook and I'm, I'm, Haunting around Camp Kittimer. So, you know, check us yeah. out. Come say hi. Let us know what, what's going on with you. And no, hey, if you enjoy what we're doing here on Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, please consider supporting us on Patreon. As a subscriber, you can get access to the unedited recordings of episodes as well as exclusive content and great subscriber rewards like our annual supporter pins from Fansets, and our exclusive Trek Geeks Podcast Network t shirt. We'd like to take a moment to recognize the following amazing producers of Discovering Trek. We thank you all for your support: Producers Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Ken Bird, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Lionel Marchand, Matt McGonagall, Jim McMahon, Darren Metcalf. Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Chris Tribuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, Jess Bashan, and the senior producer of Discovering Trek is Jude Tapman.
0: If you would like to become a producer of Discovering Trek or even get access to the raw audio for Discovering Trek episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash Geeks for all the details. Until next time, be out! ta ha! Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.